Oh, yes. Welcome back to Dream Chasers Radio. It's another interview. Just a wonderful, wonderful talent that I got coming through here. I am so happy. My name is Yaya Diamond and I am your host. I mean, you can listen to us on Bomb Baby Radio in New York City, as well as the Dream Chasers Radio and TV Roku Station Network. I have been trying to do the Amazon Fire Stick thing for a while and I'm like, I'm dumb. I've considered myself a very, very under amateur. So if you are an amateur, I am under you. Uh, I'm more of a novice. So I got to learn a lot of stuff, but we will be getting that out January as well as we will have our own 24 hour radio station. That's right. We'll be paying out all different kinds of royalties for anyone that has music. They want to put it on there as well as we have our Amazon book club. And I mean, we, we're just moving forward. I'm so excited about this. So the radio station is named right now and you can go ahead and uh, actually click on that link or put that into your browser and click on it. It'll take you to my main website, but uh, it's realradio247.com. That's right. It wasn't taken. I was surprised too. Realradio247.com, which is 24-7 radio, realradio 247 My goodness. So today we have a wonderful author. I mean, when we talked about earlier uh, this month, we talked about domestic violence. And I think that that's something that we really need to focus on. And when when I heard that this author wrote this book about domestic violence, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. And I'm just, I am so excited to have her on the show. I want to welcome to the show, Natasha. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, My pen name is Complex Angel, but definitely I go by Natasha. That's my government name. (laughs) Thank you for having (laughs) me on here, Yaya. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. You know, it is a wonderful thing to get you on the show and to talk about uh, domestic violence at, at in another perspective. So tell me, how did you get started? And also how, you know, you, why did you decide to write about this? Okay. Um, so I'll basically answer the second question first, because mm-hmm. um, basically when I moved, I first moved to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, back in 2017, um, I came over here because I wanted to start my career in social work. Mm-hmm. And um, I got back in touch with this guy that I knew from school and um, going through that abusive relationship, I always felt like I was very addicted to him. Mm-hmm. And um, just like any other addiction, you know, a lot of family will give up on you. A lot of friends will give up on you. Mm-hmm. And basically just they feel like they don't recognize you anymore. So there I had people who gave up on me and I also had people who really stuck around Mm -hmm. like every time I went back you know they were very understanding very non-judgmental so I wanted to write this book to pay homage to them Mm -hmm. and I wanted to write it from an addiction perspective to help people understand because you know it's not easy seeing someone you love go through that you know seeing them going through these deadly traumatic events where you know you're about to get killed because every time you go back the the next fight is always worse than the last but Mm -hmm. for them to be very patient I wanted to pay homage and say thank you but it it took me I I rewrote it like three or four times to be honest with you and by the fourth time it stuck (laughs) (laughs) and um I, I basically took a writing class the fourth time when I started writing 
And the lady asked me, like, who's going to be your target audience? And that's how you'll be able to write it. And, you know, it'll make it easier for you not to restart over. Mm-hmm. So I kept saying, oh, I want um, oh, I want it to be towards to women. And she was like, well, narrow it down, you know, to some, like, you know, narrow it down so you will, like, it won't be so broad. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. I said, I want to target it towards people who have been in domestic violence or someone who's in it right now. So she said, okay, now that you know that, you got to make sure that you connect with them. Mm-hmm. So I basically took myself back to, because I started writing February of this year. I took myself back to 2017 and I just basically started reflecting on how I felt. And that's how I was able to hook the reader. I started off with, you know, um, I tried to smoke him out of my thoughts, but every inhale and exhale made me realize he'll always be a part of me. Mm-hmm. And I just flew from there. Now, being that, you know, you're in domestic violence, a lot of, or you were in domestic violence, but when you were in it, I mean, what, what was going through your mind? Did you ever think that you had to get out of it? Was there ever a point where you didn't think you had to, it was your fault? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, the first time, now I'll be honest with you, I seen him put his hands on his baby mama before me. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was a very messed up situation. Uh, I really wanted change, and I say that because I lost my grandmother and my mother a year apart from each other back in 2014 and 2015, Mm -hmm. and that drove me into a deep depression, so I basically wanted to leave. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I wanted to leave Detroit to put that behind me, Mm -hmm. so I was very desperate for change. Um, I let people know that so they can understand. Um, When I moved here, I I had too much pride to go back home and hear that I told you so. Mm-hmm. So the first time I seen him put his hands on his baby mama, I was in like shock. Like you would think that that would have been my sign to leave then, but I was too prideful, didn't want to go back home. And I was thinking like it couldn't happen to me because right. he made me, he manipulated me to think that she brings the worst out of him. Mm. So the first time he put his hands on me, I was very, very shooken up. Um, You know, I woke up the next day just thinking, like, how did I get here? And I was just, like, in a state of shock. And uh, I think that that Tuesday, because it happened happened around Labor Day weekend, that Mm -hmm. Tuesday when I went back to work, you could tell that I wasn't in my right mind. I was very quiet. And um, I remember breaking down crying because one of my coworkers brought it to my attention, like, you seem out of it today. Mm -hmm. So... Every time he put his hands on me, I had the mentality, I got to get out of it. I got to get out of it. But I did get into that mentality that, you know, this is my fault because I keep going back. There mm-hmm. was times where I didn't answer the phone when family members or friends called because I felt so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you tell somebody like, yeah, I'm just so in love with him. And that's where, the, that's where I realized that I was addicted because I asked myself a lot of times, why do you keep going back? Mm-hmm. I felt like that. I felt like that junkie person. Like even when I told people, "Oh, I'm done with him." Oh well, I hope so. And I'm like, "Why does Why does no one believe me?" I basically had that that itch. Like, no, you're not done. You're 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 still addicted to him. You you say it, but it's not convincing enough. Mm-hmm. So um, it it was very. It, it got to a point where I really felt like it was my fault because I just couldn't stay away. I didn't recognize myself and it was scary. Like mm. I remember there were times where I would run because I bounced from different parts of Philly. Um, for people who doesn't live here, Philadelphia, there's um, 
like different parts of it that I just realized two years ago. There's West Philly, North Philly, South Philly. Mm-hmm. So I bounced from different parts of Philly just to get away from him. And then he would come back around with this nice act. And I would just basically suppress what he did and say, you know what, it's my fault. Maybe if I don't do this, he won't do it mm-hmm. because I wanted to get him back to who he was before. Girl, goodness gracious. Yeah. Wow. You know, so you did think it was your fault at one point. And I know a lot of a lot of uh, domestic uh, issues. Sometimes the person who's being abused thinks it's their yes. fault because maybe yep. they're not, you know, doing what they want, they're expected to do. Or or maybe they feel like they agitated the person and, and they mm-hmm. deserve what they got. But in all actuality, they didn't. And it's just yeah. an anger issue uh, that the other person has, um, walking on those eggshells. Yes. Is exactly. It's, it's, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's eggshells. It's basically eggshells. And there's going to be times where those eggshells are going to crack, even when you don't move. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it, Yaya, is that there's never, there's never anything that you can do to make you know to make them feel happier mm-hmm. anything that you change they're still going to find a reason to get mad mm-hmm. you know like for instance I know for me um it, it was nothing that I could do right like if I was quiet it was a problem I'm the type of person when I was younger like you know I'm, when I mean like early 20s I used to be the person that kind of just like flew off the hinges and you know like just like just so uh, you know like didn't didn't think before I act Mm -hmm. so now I like to be quiet because I like to question like okay why am I mad is this a reason but that bothered him because it's like in his mind or you're contemplating and a lot of times a victim can believe it's their fault because a narcissistic person that's really what they are Mm -hmm. they will basically how they feel about themselves they will start to reflect that on you oh you're suffocating me oh you're so selfish nothing I ever do is right for you and you really start to think like okay well maybe this is true because they will basically the honeymoon stage then the verbal abuse you know and sometimes honeymoon stage can um can last for like years Mm -hmm. before they show that side of you now for me it was like he was agitated in the beginning when I started to pull away because like I said, I came here for a social job. Now he was the icing on the cake. I really did care about him. Mm -hmm. But once I seen like, okay, you're just basically trying to use me for my truck. You don't really care about me. That's when he would manipulate and do all the things that I wanted him to, to do to pull me back in. And then it's like the fear really came once he put his hands on me. Because it's like, okay, you know, you're capable of doing this. There's no telling what else you're capable of doing. So pretty much um, it just goes to say that they basically make you feel like it's your fault, you know, and you try to be, you try to do better. You, You try to make everything right, but they'll still find something to complain about. And it gets very agitating. It's very frustrating. Like you said, walking on eggshells. Wow. Now, when you think about an extra added, uh, let's say, circumstance within your within your past, within that that moment where you were involved with the 
with, you know, that domestic violence. Was there anything else that kind of compounded the situation? When you mean like compounded, like anything that overpowered it that made me want to stay? Well, yeah. And also were, were there, because a lot of people say that the kids made them stay, the drugs made them stay, this made them stay. That means, was there anything that compounded the situation that, that kind of added to the, the, the overall feeling of just, oh my gosh, I really can't leave? Oh, yes. Um, so he had a daughter that mm-hmm. I became very attached to. Um, I mean, like whenever I would get off work, she would be waiting for me at the door. She would run to me with open arms. Um, you know, a lot of times he also had a pill addiction and I come from a background where, uh, it was very, it was like emotionally unavailable for me. Like Mm -hmm. my grandmother raised me, but, um, my grandmother worked a lot of jobs, like my grandma, not, 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 not a lot of jobs, I'm sorry. She mm-hmm. was a nurse. So she worked a lot of hours mm-hmm. at the job. And um, my mother was in and out of my life. But, you know, whenever she would come back around, we were good. But I came second to her drug addiction. And then, you know, once you get rid of an- one addiction, you pick up another. And men became her weakness. So a lot of people don't realize that um, what we see growing up, we, you know, either tend to pick up on that behavior. And Mm -hmm. I was never really talked to, I never got conversations about what's going on. I seen a lot of females in my family deal with toxic relationships. So I always thought that stuff like this was normal. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that played a part in it. And plus the sex. Um, We had a very sexual soul tie. Like -hmm. whenever I was away from him, a deep sadness came over me. He was all I could think about. I was a people pleaser. So I wanted to basically do anything and everything to be the one for him. But like I said before, it was never good enough. I went broke paying for his pill addiction. Um, I, you know, basically did everything in my power to be there for his daughter, whatever she needed. I wanted to be that for her, Mm -hmm. you know, but it just didn't make it any better. But whenever he would, uh, whenever I would leave, he will always pull me back in. And that's one thing that I never had before from other relationships. Mm-hmm. Relationships that I had in the past, it was always um, very one-sided. Like the way I love is kind of, it, not kind of, it is, it's codependent. And that's mm-hmm. not healthy because people will take advantage of that. So whenever I was in a relationship and I wanted to be with the guy and they were like, oh, I could take you or leave you it would take for me to fall out with fall, fall out of love with them for them to realize what they had. But mm. it's like with him, whenever I would leave and I, and I was still in love with him, he will pull me back in and just say all these nice things, praise me like, Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really care about you. Never had no one like you. And that would make me just go back. That would make me say, you know what, Tasha, just suppress it and just go back. Everything's going to be okay. But then Nope, two, three, two, three weeks later, here comes this guy again. Mm. Mm. Girl, <laughs> goodness gracious. Oh my gosh. You know, so this book, this book is about what? What can we expect from the book? This book is going to give you a detailed, um, detailed of everything that I went through. It is very sexual because mm-hmm. I wanted to paint to people, I wanted uh, to paint a picture of people of how strong a sexual soul tie can be. Um, 
it's written from an addiction perspective. So anyone who's ever been addicted to a substance or like anything, like people really forget that people can be addictive. Mm. Uh, you know, sex can be very addictive. Mm. So you'll definitely understand that. Um, a lot of advice that I got from people, anyone who's going through the abuse, they can relate to that. Um, it also shows you a little glimpse of uh, generational curses because I, I do a lot of reflecting on when I see my mother go through it. I never seen her get physically hit before, but just seeing her, I, I seen the bruises on her face. I seen her let a man come in and take over. So I reflect on that and I ask, did she feel how I feel? Did she feel helpless? So, you know, a lot of people who have read it so far have said, you know, you've actually helped me to read into my own life. You've helped me to see some toxic ways in myself. Some people have said, if it wasn't for you, I'd probably be getting beat on now because a lot of the verbal abuse in this book, you know, my baby daddy did or my boyfriend did to me. I've had females tell me that. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people take verbal abuse. We take it so lightly because of how we talk to each other on a regular basis. So we think it's normal. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize verbal abuse is abuse. Yeah. You know, they feel like, oh, words can never hurt me. No, it can really, you know, make you believe that you aren't anything. Like, you you know, it can take you to your lowest point. Mm-hmm. It can. It mm-hmm. can. My gosh. Well, I definitely, well, I definitely, you know, recommend that people read this book. And then we yes. do have this in our book club on Amazon, amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Yaya Diamond, as well as you have that, where is that at? Other than Amazon, do you have a website? Do you have any place else where people can reach you on social media? Yes, um, I'm working on my website now. I do have a blog page. Um, It's uh, no apologies for being real WordPress. Um, I'll probably like send it to you if you want to put it in like the show notes but my yeah. instagram page is complex underscore angel 90 i do have a facebook group called self-love is my rehab and it's basically a place for anyone could come in ask questions um anyone who has any tips on self-love care like self-care they could put it in there um any books that i ever read that has to do with self-love i post in there and um, pretty much I wrote it. I mean, I made that group because a lot of people don't really know how to love themselves. I know in my life, I had people tell me all the time, oh, love yourself, put yourself first. But they never set that example. So mm-hmm. basically, this is just a group where we can really learn how to love ourselves together. You know, like if, if you're feeling low, write mm-hmm. about it. Let's talk and everything. So I definitely have that if they want to join. And um, my website will be up soon. Uh, I'm looking to have it uh, by December, uh, if not early January. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, I am looking forward to uh, getting people to read that book, but not only that, you know, if ever there is something that you'd like to talk about, please come back on the show because I I do think that having you on the show is going to help other people to realize, yeah, okay. I got it. It, it, You're, you know, you're in it, but Mm -hmm. you know, but, but, the second part of the most dangerous part I think is when people leave and then go back. Cause that's oh, yes. when usually they get killed or it gets yes, worse. Yes, yes. Um, so, Oh gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing I did not notice Shaya is that mm-hmm. you go through PTSD after mm-hmm. you leave. Um, I left last year, mm-hmm. but the cause did not stop. I had to end up getting a restraining order. So I, I'm definitely going to, I'm writing part two. 
to mm. um, represent for women because you know honestly if you think about it a lot of domestic violence stories either talk about the woman passing away or the woman leaving yeah but I was like wow no one ever writes about what the women who left that goes through mm-hmm. it's a lot and I just yeah. really want to pay homage to them because that story has never been told so I definitely will write that and um, I'll definitely reach back out to you to, and if you know just to talk about any topics if you ever want me on here I would definitely come oh yeah definitely because, yeah, yeah <laughs> we, we could get deep with it yes yeah and I would love to hear you know I would love to put a call out to hear from the kids who mm-hmm. grew up um, yes. watching and and seeing if they were uh, now on the end of being the the person who was uh, violent because I mean yes. that that violent behavior that that behavior it, it passes down even though you don't mm-hmm. believe it does it can and it's yep. so difficult to not do that it's so difficult to not be that aggressor and yes. um and I, w- I would love to hear from some of the kids who and and you know find out what they did to kind of not be the aggressor in the relationship right. and yep. it's hard it's hard yeah. It's hard because you get hurt and you, and, and growing up in that, you do think it's normal. You do think, oh, that's that's normal, but it isn't, it isn't. Well, Natasha, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, and no problem. Anytime, anytime. You guys, please don't hesitate to go on to Amazon and look up this book. I am telling you, no apologies is, uh, you know, just just look at it. And, you know, if you ever have any questions about domestic violence, I'll have uh, Natasha's information right here underneath this this interview. Yes. <laughs> underneath the interview in the show notes. Yes, a little show notes because yep, yep. <laughs> I'm like looking at the book going I like the I like the cover I like yes. and I'm like okay I gotta go back to the show <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Tiana Reese for doing that my um friend oh. she painted it for me so yes um oh wonderful but yes wonderful. thank you so much and um I'm really looking forward to uh, coming back on the show if you need me just let me know I need everybody <laughs> I can't I do this you. without no I can't do this without you guys so you know without exactly. you without everybody so thank you so much for being on the show and you guys no thank problem. you so much for listening and um you know tune in every Monday through Friday 8 p.m eastern standard time right here and then we it, because this is a podcast you can go back and listen to any of our episodes they're all there available for you on iTunes iHeart Google Play Stitcher Spreaker Spotify uh wherever podcasts and i got all kinds of different places so just keep going just keep going right (laughs) make sure you subscribe yes that's right subscribe (laughs) and thank you guys so much again for being an avid listener to dream chasers radio and um natasha thank you no problem don't forget guys don't forget to dare to be different Mm -hmm.